The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And we have a big issue to discuss this morning. We're talking about polygamy on the forum at 8. And many questions that have come through us, you know, many emails talking about this, people wanting to know. And I'm not sure whether it is a question of people considering entering into polygamous relationships or marriages. But 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 it was actually, um, you know, quite interesting to see that so many people are asking questions about polygamy. So what is polygamy um and 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 uh, we will get into that but also uh it speaks to monogamy i guess in a sense and then where does this notion of monogamy stem from and 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 how does polygamy then come into it and also uh we'll look at we've tried contacting as many uh religious leaders as we could to bring them on this morning because it's interesting from that aspect as well because we know uh south african uh, south africans are generally very highly spiritual so we try to cover those bases as well and uh, as and when we can put them on if they are available this morning because some have indicated that they won't be able to speak to us but we'll tell you uh, what they told us off air anyway so um, to looking at polygamy and it is of course practiced and accepted just about everywhere really although uh, it may not be legal in some instances uh, it doesn't stop people from actually practicing and all polygamous marriages entered into in accordance with provisions of the recognition of customary marriages act in South Africa are currently considered legal, uh, which means that wives in such marriages enjoy equal status with their husbands in the eyes of the law. So uh, the aim of that, I suppose, is to protect women in a sense and, and, and also to limit the impact of patriarchal practices on married women. So let's talk about polygamy. Uh, 0891-104-208, the lines are open. Uh, those people who had so many questions, I've got the people here to, con- uh, to answer your questions. And uh, you can also SMS us on 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. And um, I must just uh, say that I'm seeing some of the messages and I'm going to start with them, Timber, uh, Edward Timber, because you've been sending them since early this morning. I've seen you, I've noted you, and I'll come to that shortly. But uh, let me introduce our guest this morning, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Velapi, better known as VVO. Mkize, it's been a while, but it's great to have you in studio this morning. Thank you. And uh, uh, Dr. Mkize is, of course, the founder and president of the uh, Umsamo Africa Institute. And then we also have uh, joining us on the line, Professor Farid Esak. Uh, uh, Prof, thanks for speaking to us once again. It's a pleasure to be with you, Sakina. And Professor uh, Farid Esak, of course, Professor in the Study of Islam and President of the International Quranic Studies Association from the University of Johannesburg. So uh, perhaps we we can start uh, by uh, looking at this question from Edward Temba. He says, my opinion is polygamy is adultery. Mm. So where does (laughs) this notion of polygamy then come from? Um, Dr. Mkize? It's very interesting, uh, Sakina. In fact, uh, good morning to the listeners of SFM as well as uh, to the crew in the studio. Uh, Look, uh, I'm very happy the way you started it and then uh, in your opening, you know, and so on, saying that we are living in a highly spiritual world uh, where there are different religions and also traditions where uh, we have to actually take into cognizance and also respect and so on. Now, I know that... 
polygamy it's quite a very very controversial issue at this point in time because of the times in which we are living in we are living in the 21st century uh, you, you, you know now if you look into polygamy you have to also ask where is monogamy coming from and also there is another challenge of polyandry as well mm. so you know it's, it's a whole range of things but focusing on polygamy if he says it's adultery polygamy is it's, it's, it's a choice it's an individual who has got more than one spouse and everyone is in agreement let me put it like that now you can look it into your own religion you can look it into your own culture or tradition or whatever the case may be for instance let me take it um in the african tradition how the whole thing started there are so many theories for instance i'll mention a few the first one is that polygamy used to be practiced by those who could afford it in other words the people who had more cattle who had more you know um, uh, land you know and so on and so on that's point number one the second one is also a theory which says no i am taking the second wife because there is one of my greatest greatest grandfather who never took a wife now he came back to me through a dream whatever and then he said i must take a second a wife second wife which will be his wife or maybe uh, my brother who passed away now he says i must take a wife i'm talking about theories that are there mm. whether it's people trying to support themselves or whatever <laughs> well it's, it's a different story and then the other one is that you practice polygamy because you actually want it now what is quite interesting you know I've done quite an, a, a number of research looking into the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, but I've never found it. I don't know. Maybe uh, somebody might correct me if I'm wrong. I've never found anywhere in the Bible where polygamy is said it's actually not allowed. And also monogamy, that it, it, it must be the issue that must actually be practiced. For instance, if we look into the Old Testament, Abraham had three wives, David had 18 wives, Jacob had four wives, Moses had two wives. You, you know, it goes on and on and on. I'm not saying that let's do something because it's supported by the Bible. I'm not saying that, but I'm trying to, you, you know, to figure out in terms of how do we then look into polygamy as already Tim said, it's adultery. Mm. So we cannot say that because there are actually bases and fundamentals where it's coming from. And um, let's find out from Professor Isaac what's the Islamic perspective on this because uh, Islam is known as a religion that actually does permit polygamy. Uh, okay, in Islam, uh, well, first of all, uh, uh, I just want to take a slight issue with the definition of my colleague. It's not simply a question of the marriage of one person to more than one person. It's the marriage of a man. To more to one or to more than one women, mm. um, because later on, of course, the issue may come in about uh, if a man can get married to more than one spouse, why can't a woman get married to more than one spouse? Mm. But that's the <laughs> Yes. Um, in Islam, there is a scriptural basis for the permission of polygamy. Uh, the Quran clearly says that men are allowed to marry up to four wives. And then it comes with the proviso, if you can treat all of them equally. Um, the second source of Islam, the prophetic behavior or Muhammad's behavior, 
Muhammad, the major prophet of Islam, uh, had more than one wife. Finally, the practice in Muslim countries. There are a number of Muslim countries, Azerbaijan, Tunisia, and Turkey, for example, uh, that have completely uh, outlawed or banned polygamy. And then there are a number of other countries that have put restrictions on it. Uh, one of these restrictions is you have to prove that you have the financial wherewithal and that in some countries even that you have the personal disposition to treat all of them properly and equally. And then other courts, other countries insist that you need the court's permission. And then there is a third requirement, and sometimes some of these countries have more than uh, a combination of all of these things, that the permission of the first wife or the first two wives have to be sought for your next marriage. And without their informed consent, you're not allowed to get married. Finally, I want to say that in the last 20 years or so, there has been a lot of resistance to polygamy on the basis of the Quranic idea that it is impossible, uh, where people argue that it is impossible to treat uh, both of your wives equally, particularly in terms of your personal uh, affection or love for them. So it's interesting um, that both of you mention uh, that there needs to be uh, some agreement mm. and, and, and that this is not just something that you wake up in the morning and decide, I'm going to take another spouse. Yes, I fully agree with my colleague and I think there are similarities between, I won't, I won't speak on behalf of the other religions, but I think from what my colleague is actually saying, there are similarities between the Islamic you know, religion and Af- African religion when it comes to polygamy because in the African religion, it doesn't start in terms of where you actually want to, 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 to marry a woman now, but it starts on the days where you start courting a woman. For instance, let's say for argument's sake, you have got three women, there's A, B, and C. So therefore, an African man, if she goes and court another woman, she will be wearing what we call the love necklace or maybe uh, the love neck wear, which indicates that already I do have another woman who is, of which I'm in love with. So therefore, expect that if I take the first woman, and also I will take another one. But based on the agreement, on also what I like from my colleague, which is exactly the same in African uh, religion, is that those women, you treat them equally, and there's no other one who is better than the other. Because in our African tradition is that a woman or a wife is not your wife, it's your ancestor's wife. So therefore, a woman is a child in the household and therefore you have to respect her and treat her equally. That is why I, as Mkiz, I cannot wake up tomorrow, as already uh, uh, alluded to that, uh, to that uh, uh, Sakina, that I can wake up and say, no, my wife, I'm taking another woman. It doesn't work like that. There have to be some uh, negotiations, sit down, and my first wife, I must ask for a permission from the elders, and my first wife must agree and endorse that, and actually go and take that woman. I know that there are actually some African men who say, I can't be be told by a man, Uh, so sorry, by a woman, Mm. yes. So, so, So what happens in that instance if the first wife doesn't agree? 
if the first wife doesn't agree, therefore it means you, you can't go forward because you will actually be forcing it. Look, regardless of the 21st century, even before, long before, whether you talk about the, the, the 17th century, 18th century, whatever the case may be, a woman was a person who used to be respected. Both families had to sit down and say, look, our person wants to take a second woman and there must be some kind of an agreement. And then, um, uh, Professor Isak, uh, just from the Islamic side, uh, the woman also has to give consent, the first wife, or is it first two or three wives, if there's another wife to be brought on board? Well, look, first of all, I pointed out that that was the law in some countries. So some countries have added these restrictions on it. The Quran puts only one restriction, and the Quran says that they have to be treated equally. Now, of course, the meaning of equally is a very, very, you know, what, do you, what is meant by exactly. equality? Exactly, mm. yes. Real equality, mm. the difference between equality and equity. But, but in practice, in very many Muslim societies where, it, where the law is not regulated, in South Africa, for example, um, frankly speaking, there is none of this, um, the approval of the first wife. Uh, the man may negotiate it with his first wife, uh, but in very many cases the man doesn't. Uh, the man just comes home and says, I've taken the second wife. And uh, <clears throat> there is preciously little <clears throat> that the first wife can then do about it. Um, and the very interesting thing is, um, and unlike in uh, the African traditional uh, religion where there is a period of courtship, there is a period of engagement uh, in Islam, but very often the usual pattern with the case of the second wife is none of this engagement stuff. So what happens is that unlike in traditional society, where your spouse was often chosen by your family, usually, and this is the harsh reality, the guy has an affair with somebody. Mm -hmm. The guy has an affair yeah. with somebody, and then he rocks up and confronts his wife with his affair, or he got caught out, she confronts him. <clears throat> and then the guy just went to some imam around the corner, often an imam that doesn't, uh, that's kind of a bit of a lone ranger imam, not part of the formal uh, structures wherein the clerics are organized, but the, the reality is that in Islam, we don't have an official uh, uh, cleric institution. So any lay person, we don't have sacraments that only a priest can perform. So any person can perform a marriage, any person can perform anything. So you go to another person, you tell him to perform your marriage, you take two of your buddies along with you, the imam doesn't ask you, he doesn't have to ask you if you're married before or not, and there you go home and your first wife just has to put up with your second wife or she, or she, she can ask for a divorce. Uh, if your husband wants to give you a divorce, the matter is relatively easy. If he doesn't want to give you a divorce, 
the matter can be quite dragged out and you're going to have to apply to have your marriage uh, nullified. It's not nearly as difficult as it is for, say, uh, Orthodox Jews to get divorced, who can never get divorced without the permission of the husband. In Islam, you can get an allowance, but generally, the first wife, if truth be told, uh, doesn't really have any say in the matter. Uh, in ordinary Muslim communities, certainly not in South Africa. Well, uh, we're talking polygamy this morning and it's getting very interesting. Some really interesting questions are also coming through from our listeners. And I must apologize uh, that we are struggling somewhat with the system this morning. It freezes, it gets stuck. And, uh, you know, even though I want to go to them, I can't take them uh, in certain instances. But here's a question from Tabi Seng Abrams who says, can you please ask your guest if there's anything like a term to describe a polygamist uh, LGBT? A lesbian, Hello? gay, uh, bisexual, trans uh, or, uh, 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 group of people. Is there anything like that uh, when you are talking about from a cultural perspective um, and polygamy in that regard? Well, I would say... Well, oh, okay, l- let me allow my... Uh, my well, I guess, I mean, well, first <laughs> of all, uh, we have been lo- we've been working with the assumption of polygamy as a marriage okay. between one man... And more and a, than yeah. exactly, and, and more than uh, one wife. Um, but I guess technically, and this is not for the purposes of our discussion. I guess technically, if one man has got uh, more than one other man uh, in his <laughs> marriage, uh, or if one woman has more than one other woman, that would also count for polygamy. Yes, uh, it would also technically, linguistically, yes, it would. Um, but uh, the very question, of course, of gay marriage, that is a very different question in the context of uh, our religious or our traditional uh, laws and customs. So, so yes, uh, Professor Mkiza? Yeah, I, I think uh, that, will, that will be a new challenge. You see, as we, as we continue living, as we continue, you know, there are so many things, there are so many dynamics that are coming out, you know. And uh, I don't see that not coming up as a topic in the near future, for instance, because, you see, there's one thing that you must be careful of. Most of the things that we see happening today, they are actually happening because we are living in a free country. I always say to people, we are not starting only today to see gay people. They were there even during the olden times. The only thing is that some of them, you know, were hiding, they were scared, or whatever the case may be, but we used to live with such things. And also, we are now today starting to see uh, people, you know, gay people, lesbian, wanting to, to, to get into marriages and all those sorts of kinds of things. As my colleague has already mentioned, that yes, for now, polygamy is a discussion where it's a, it, 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 it's a man and a woman, but we might find that also we might be opening another can of worms in future where we say, okay, fine, here is one man marrying another man, therefore he wants another another man again, then he ends up being two or three or whatever the case may be. Mm. And uh, there is also, of course, you know, um, a a school of thought here, and I'm seeing quite a few messages that speak to this, uh, saying that polygamy is actually just another form uh, to suppress women because it disadvantages them and essentially there's nothing good that can come from this as far as the woman is concerned. Uh, Professor Esa? Uh, Look, I mean, there are two things 
uh, historically connected to polygamy. Um, the one is that very often in the times of war, uh, you had large, now women did not participate in war, so you had large amounts of women that were bereft of their husbands, uh, and society didn't have a mechanism for the maintenance or the caring of these women. And so polygamy was one form in which you dealt with a surplus of women uh, afterwards. That was one situation. Then there is also, I mean, the, the question uh, and that if a woman is happy in a polygamous marriage, and here we must be very, very careful, Firstly, we've got the problem of two men on a panel. We must be careful that we don't speak for women. Mm. Mm. But I think we also need to be careful that we don't think that it is possible for any woman to be happy in a polygamous relationship. I, in my family, an auntie of mine, from all observations that I could see, she was perfectly happy in her polygamous marriage. Now, we must be very careful that we don't impose our understanding of what is happiness onto everybody else. It's like saying, you know, these Muslim women who wear uh, the headscarf, how on earth can a woman possibly be comfortable wearing a head covering? You don't know, you are not that woman. I look at women walking around with high heels and I think, oh my God, how does that woman manage that? It is impossible to be comfortable on high heels. And of course, I think I'm right, because as soon as you get home, you take off those high heels too. <laughs> so I must be careful that I don't insist that only my understanding of love, and at the same time, I think there is something inherently problematic in the idea that one man can take more than one wife, but one wife can't take more than one husband. Mm -hmm. There is an element of inherent inequality in that, <clears throat> especially in an age where paternity can be determined with certainty. Earlier on, the argument was, the woman is pregnant, you have no doubt who the mother is, but the father is an unknown factor. And that is why a man can get married to more than one woman, because there will never be doubt about maternity. There is doubt about paternity. So in order to remove the doubt about paternity, she must have just one husband. But now, paternity can be determined... Uh, about six weeks after pregnancy already, paternity could be determined. So that argument falls away. And so the larger question, I think we must be careful that we don't impose a sense and say that a woman can never be happy in a polygamous marriage. That okay. is imposing your idea of happiness onto other people. is an element of equality in it. Oh, we're talking about polygamy this morning and uh, that moment when Sloni says, Zoo, when you're passionate about the AM Live um, uh, subject matter this morning, and I'm sure many others are. But very interesting question.
questions being raised as well. And uh, just to uh, remind you, our panel this morning is uh, Dr. Vivi Oumkize and also Professor Farid Esak. And um, before I get to uh, Bishop uh, Kwenene, I just want to give uh, Dr. Mkize an opportunity to respond to something there. Yes, a, 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 a quick one is that, um, you know, as we speak of polygamy today, uh, we actually must fully understand, as my colleague has already said, that, um, yes, there, there were cases where polygamy was imposed on women. And also, it is unfortunate that we don't have a woman in, 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 in our panel who would have actually alluded into that. Mm. Because in the olden days, women were oppressed. We must, we must actually agree on that for a number of reasons and, and, and also putting on the table saying that, no, a woman is this and this and this or whatever, which was actually not the right thing because of certain cultures and traditions. But we have to modernize those things because we are living in another world. And also, even today, we find such oppression where a man, because he has messed up his own things or whatever, Therefore, he comes and imposes at home and says, look, uh, I'm taking another woman because of ABCD, only to find that it's because of his failure. And also, I think the third factor is that we must actually not be uh, judgmental in terms of saying, if something is good for me, therefore it must be good for you. If something is bad for me, therefore it's bad for you, you you know, and and, and so on and, and, and so on. That is why I'm saying... Even today in certain religions where polygamy is actually being rejected in certain traditions and cultures is being accepted, it is accepted but based, it should be based on the normal practices and also within the legalities and the, and, 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 and the rules like Today we have the customary law, which actually allows the customary marriage, which doesn't mean that we have to abuse it in terms of, saying imposing polygamy or whatever. That is why it is very important and critical in the African tradition that negotiations and also transparency and discussions must be done so that both parties agree and also treat them equally. Mm. Faniana Timofukeng says, uh, what will happen if the man asks his wife for permission to take a second wife and the wife says, Ish, I was going to ask you the same thing. Can I take a second husband? And we'll come to that in just a bit. But uh, Bishop Quinene in Port Elizabeth, good morning and thanks for uh, calling the seat, uh, calling in. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And, and I can't wait to hear Sakina. your view. <laughs> Sakina, this topic is very difficult and very confusing. I'm going to talk according to the church. Mm. Uh, firstly, Sakina, it's lies to say that Gloria Brami is adultery or fornication. It's not adultery, it's not fornication. Uh, secondly, in the church, Paul said... A bishop must be a man with one wife. So, in other words, Paul is saying that if you go to the office, you must have one wife. A bishop must have one wife. Secondly, there is another saying by Jesus, I, th- I think also it's on the Old Testament, so that he shall leave his mother and his father and cling to her, and these two shall be one flesh. How are you going to get many fleshes? How are you going to, to, to manage that thing? So, like, lastly, it's not encouraged to have polygamy in the church because that will retard your spiritual growth. But here's my opinion. Here's my opinion. Polygamy is better than father's children. 
children need their identity. We've got an army of fatherless children in this country. So, to, 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 it's, it's, that could be a solution to the fatherless children, to the uh, frustrated girls because they are being dumped by these by this children, by, by these, uh, these boys. So what I'm saying is that that can be a solution. But the church stands only when you have an office. A bishop must have one wife. So, Bishop, how can you have, how how we can clean the many fleshes? That's that's my opinion. But given but, uh, what you've just said, would you officiate yeah. over a polygamous marriage in your church? No, instead, I'm going to give you two things. In the church, I won't encourage because we need to be spiritual, must grow spiritual. But if I, if I was in the parliament, if I were a minister, I would encourage that. Rather than fatherless children, I will understand if I was not in the church. Because in the church, we, we, we need God, we, we, we were striving for spiritual perfection, so that will retard the kingdom. But if, I, if, 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 if it's a secular that is in, in, in the parliament, I will understand better than this. Rather than this fatherless children, what is happening? These, these, these girls are being frustrated. These girls, that could, to me, if I was a minister in the parliament, that would be a solution. Of the problem. But but you're not helping us, Bishop, because you are the bishop. People come to you and they say, Bishop, you are our spiritual leader. What needs to happen here? On the one hand, you say, hey, listen, the scripture <laughs> says, you know, the bishop should have one wife. On the other hand, you are no, saying, yeah, but there are fatherless children the here. The world is not the church. The world is not the church. When you are a bishop, you must not be, you must not be uh, selfish talking about only but but says, well, the world will never... The world will not all be the church. You're gone. So yeah. we're talking now. Oh, I'm, talking, I'm talking about just the, the whole country. That is not the church. You're gone. So, so, so uh, you, Bishop, will encourage that message outside of your <laughs> ministry and inside of your ministry uh, you will not see, encourage yeah, it. Yeah, you see, you see when, when you are a leader, because I'm also a poet, when you are a leader, you must not be selfish. You must... You must accommodate other people. Like when you are writing, I'm writing about politics, I'm writing, I'm accommodating. So it's very selfish to, 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 to talk only about the church. Well, all countries, not the church. No, you fair see? enough. Fair enough. But Angiti, you are a bishop, so we are asking you what you are doing in your instance. In my church, I want to allow, I want to encourage you to because that would disturb, my church would disturb the, 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 the growth of the word of God. I won't allow that. But if I was a minister in the parliament, I would allow that. Okay. Rather than what is happening now. Bishop, thanks so much for calling Bishop Quinene out in uh, Port Elizabeth. Let's hear from Jane in Outspray. Jane, good morning. Morning, yes. Um, I, I, uh, I want to just back up what um, uh, one of your speakers is saying, that the, that the Bible doesn't actually prohibit um, polygamy, but it does advise against it <laughs> because I think, um, you know, God created man and, and he knew that man is, is it, it is impossible to treat every woman equally. So while man-made rules say that, that men must treat many wives um, equally, it, it is actually impossible for a man to do that. Um, and if, if men are honest, they will they will 
admit to that because it is it is you will always favour one person over the other, uh-huh. and it, it is in, unfortunately in South Africa and and in many other countries it is a very patriarchal thing. Um, there are some countries in the world where women take multiple husbands, but it's, yep. it's a rare thing. And it is, it is an unfortunate thing where women are always sort of put to the side and treated almost like possessions. And, and that is an unfortunate thing, but it is a reality. It certainly is. And uh, Jane, thanks for, you know, speaking my mind there when it comes to the issue of treating uh, the women in that marriage equally in that situation. Because is that even possible? Is that not a nice way of saying to people, you know what, you're not really going to succeed here, Professor Esak? Um, well, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, uh, how you treat in a spousal relationship two absolutely equal, although, I mean, there's a technical, this means you sleep with the one for the one week, you sleep with the other one for the other week, whether your sex is as fun the one week as it is for the other, whether you have as, as hot a time or the other, or how you please the other one, is the other one as satisfied as the one of the last week. These are very, very complicated things when we talk about the meaning of equality. But the one thing that I wanted to say that is very curious is that very often, certainly with Muslim men, when they uh, come along with the second wife, then they always insist that the law allows it. The Sharia, Islamic law, has permitted it. But they conveniently ignored how they arrived, how they came home with the second one. That process was not allowed by the law. It was a process of having an affair. Mm. Nine to one. Ninety-nine percent of the time you were jawling. So then it's not as if uh, you went up to some uh, business partner of yours and say, hey, brother, have you got a daughter for me that I could possibly marry? Um, and then the guy says, yes, you know, and let's negotiate it, and then you go and uh, pick up your wife at his house one night. No, no, no. You were jawling. And <laughs> you were having an affair. So the whole process of leading up to this <coughs> was an illegitimate process, according to Islamic law. But the only time when you want to invoke Islamic law is when you rock up now with your second wife, and then you say, the law has allowed me. So this kind of very, very selective cherry-picking that uh, men have who are in polygamous relationships, um, it is duplicity at least, and uh, in all probability, simply hypocrisy and invoking religious laws because of they aren't able to control their eyes uh, they want to uh, expand uh, uh, the, the, the sexual pleasure that they have or they're not getting it good enough from their own wives, which all raises the question again, if the wife has all of the same issues, exactly. I'm not getting it good enough, I'm not enjoying it, uh, this guy doesn't do it for me, she's not able to go around and seek any alternatives. So, so she's not she's she's not allowed uh, according to Islam. No, she's not because unless she asks for a divorce, 
and then of course go to a series of divorces and marriages to try and uh, to try and get you know somebody that she finds uh, uh, that provides her with what she what she thinks is a satisfactory sexual relationship relationship but then you must bear in mind again that the stigma the stigma attached to a divorced woman is there's a huge amount of stigma attached to a divorced woman whereas there is just about none attached to a divorced man well, it's getting very interesting. Some of the questions coming through, very interesting. But let's take more calls. Tolani uh, Numtata, good morning. Hi, Sakena. Hello. Welcome, Tolani. Hi, good morning. Listen, sorry, I wasn't going to call. I was just enjoying listening to the guys making comments until Bishop Kwenene, ne, I think, in Port Elizabeth yes. called. I think he's very, that's a very hypocritical response. Sorry to, I respect him as an elder, but for him to come in a public platform and give that he's got a, a church opinion and his personal opinion and a political opinion, he has a right to say that. However, the platform that he is in, I think he's, he's from, that's a chameleon talk speaking and it's not fair for him to come out and stand like that in a platform like that we respect him as a a person of stature and all that but for him to come and have three faces in his own opinion as much as south africa allows everybody to do that maybe he's seeing his role as a bishop as a career and not as a as a way of living for him that's just what i wanted to uh, to stand on because i was not happy with his comment Thanks so much, Tolani uh, Numtata. And uh, Stu Blose says, Biblical silence on a subject does not mean consent. Uh, the weight of the evidence seems to suggest that the Bible prefers monogamy. Sigin Randberg, good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina. Uh, polygamy uh, makes unequal partners of men and women. Uh, it, 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 is, it should therefore be ruled out altogether because it's anti-women altogether um, uh, because of the inequality. And polygamy takes the magic out of love and, and, and uh, 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 it takes the magic of love and romance out of marriage. There is no love and marriage uh, with multiple partners because um, exclusive commitment is the essence of love and romance. Um, uh, this is the stuff that the world's poets and minstrels have sung and, and, and made poetry about and, and they would be lost for words and music. If, if the ecstasy and the pain of true love and romance were not proved by the requirement of total and exclusive commitment, and such commitment is not attainable in multiple partnerships uh, of secondary wives, and, and, and sadly, sadly, countless murders also prove the requirement of total commitment in marriage and love. Okay, not sure I follow that last point and how you arrived there. But uh, that that may be the case for you and I, Sig, doesn't mean that everybody else subscribes to that. And, and, and again, live and let live. If somebody else is quite happy being a second wife to somebody, hey, all power to you. Me, I don't want to be nobody's second wife, but I will respect and, 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 and uphold someone's right if that is what she chooses. Motala in Durban, good morning. Now, in, according to Muslim law, it permits polygamy when a woman herself 
consent to such a kind of life. The law does not impose polygamy, but only permits it in certain cases. We must also remember that it depends solely on the agreement of the woman. If the woman wants to marry somebody who is married, and she feels that that's the only way she will be happy, then why prevent her? It, if the woman agrees to a co-wife, it is not the law which should be considered as being cruel or unjust to woman. You must remember that during the time when the prophet began his preaching, women were treated like serfs even in Europe all over the world. The moment a woman married a man, she became his property, and she had no rights whatsoever. Now, we have a situation during the time of the prophet that he had no wife, but anyway, the people were being killed because they wanted to become Muslim. And the men died, the women were left helpless, without any place, without anybody to look after. The prophet, to show that we must care for these women, he married them so that they could, he could look after them, look after the children, because the men died in the battlefield. With regards to the first wife, the act of Islam says polygamy depends on her for at the time of marriage she may demand the acceptance or insertion in the nuptial contract a clause that a husband would practice monogamy. Such a condition is valid and uh, as a condition of any legal marriage. So Islam allowed that too. That means the first woman is very important. In the case of Prophet Abraham, when his first wife could not give a child, she gave his husband a second a lady and said, okay. marry her. All so, right. Uh, Motala got you, and I, I get where you're going with that. Uh, thanks so much for the call. Chris in Leidenberg, good morning to you. Hi, Fatima, how are you? Well, and you, Chris? I'm okay. I think it's double standards uh, because... We are invoking some sections of what religious leaders or the Bible or the Quran is saying about polygamy. But I'm just going to speak on a, just an observation point of view. Mm-hmm. I think as human beings, we are built on loyalty. And you cannot be loyal to more than one person. You can't. If you look at everything that we do as human beings, whether you support a soccer team or a political party, anything. It's commitment to just one thing, and you're committed to that. So when we say if the men can give equal love to all women, I think that is very impossible. We are built to be committed to only one thing. And if you go to the Bible, there are so much evidence where God speaks to commitment. He says, you shall not have any other God but me. Jesus says it is impossible to serve two masters. So... Let's not look at these things selectively to look at what suits us. My opinion is it is impossible to be in a polygamous relationship because we are only built to be committed to one thing and one thing only. Thanks, Asuna. Impossible, I don't know about because it's happening. Uh, Pimelo in Bloemfontein, good morning. Morning, Sakina, and to your guest. Welcome. Sakina, firstly, let me just... I'm not comfortable with this issue because uh, as the church and the church leader, he's supposed to preach morality, and that's all we ask of him. But secondly, on the case, 
uh, from Mulana. I've been made to believe that uh, in the is a telling that uh, if you want to marry a second wife, then you must treat both your wives equally. The question is, how possible is it to treat both wives equally? Because you cannot be in both houses at the same time. You can only be with one person at one time. To my other guests on, 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 on your studio there, mm-hmm. the question is, coming from the African tradition, in Situana we say, when meaning literally, if you marry a second wife, you are marrying jealousy, meaning the wife will never be happy about the second marriage. Okay, Pimeno, uh, uh, let's uh, leave it there. And um, uh, just on the issue of the bishop, um, Mzugu Zugu says, I like the fact that the bishop doesn't discriminate against those who choose to be polygamous in his church. Uh, so, so they have different views on this as we expected there would be. But let me just give you a quick chance to respond. Dr. Isaac first. Well, I mean, I really think that uh, the issue comes down between uh, traditional values and religious values and how in the world wherein we're living today, increasingly there are other values that aren't really dealt with uh, in a serious way by tradition or religion. In this particular case, there is uh, the whole notion that is growing and that is the notion of gender equality Mm. and the equality all human beings. Yeah. And regardless of whether it can work or not, there is still the problem when you allow the one partner the option and the other partner just because of uh, she doesn't have something that the man has, the man has a penis, she doesn't have one to put it crudely, so she's a woman. So the one is able to get more satisfaction, a larger variety of uh, sexual experiences or sensations, all the stuff that goes into it and so on, and the other person is limited to this particular husband. Mm. And it's particularly bad because if the husband wasn't satisfied sexually in his one relationship, it also in all likelihood means that his wife wasn't happy either. But he has the options. He has the options of getting variety out there. She doesn't. And so in the contemporary world where we live, there is a fundamental crash with the idea of gender equality. Okay. Uh, because it's I'm, I'm... about partners, but it's also about other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Mkise? I think the quick one I'll just simply say, uh, for me, it would be very good to respect uh, 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 four things, the religions, various religions, the law, the human rights, and also various traditions and also uh, uh, their values and so on. Because even if we practice polygamy, I will hate a person who will come with far-fetched excuses or reasons of taking a second wife. Where you find a person saying, no, my ancestors came to me, said I must say, I take a second wife. I'm taking it because of my brother who passed away, blah, 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 and, 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 and so many other things. If you do something, do it genuinely with an understanding that you will actually treat that person as your correct partner, as much as we cannot actually be judged mental and say don't do it but that's the only thing that i'm saying rather than to hide behind a certain thing a religion or a tradition or whatever so my belief is that polygamy 
if ever we practice it, it must be just a choice of that particular individual, not based on certain far-fetched statements. Absolutely. So we're going to try and get into polyandry next, uh, and maybe we can find some women. Yeah, we've spoken a lot about polygamy. And uh, thanks to our guests uh, this morning, uh, Professor Isaac, uh, who is a professor in the study of Islam and president of the International Quranic Studies Association, and also Dr. Velapi uh, Vivi Omkize, founder and president of the Umsamo African Institute. And uh, also thanks to the Bishop uh, Kwenene, who called in from PE earlier. It's uh, just after nine and time now for the news with Nomsom Luli.